0: Security
1: authorization required. Oh my god.
0: Input algorithm not accepted.
1: So I've got a uh, problem we're going to have to deal with here. This is the best produced episode ever.
2: This film tonight is uh, about a little boy whose grandpa reads a tale of a far off land. And there's a Damsel in distress and uh well a peasant boy who uh is uh from uh years ago in her memory and well there there might be a kissing moment or two and uh that's much to Wait the chagrin this, of the boy this isn't a kid kissing episode <laughs> is it please take your seats matinee Minutia is about to begin Well, good evening. It's fall.
1: Yes, <laughs> certainly is fall.
2: And you I know, have,
1: uh, a knit cap on to prove it, and a uh, an outer garment uh, over my t-shirt.
2: Yeah, and you know, as I was uh, coming into the the marionette here tonight, I was marveling at the leaves that were falling already because we are in fall, and. It's a brisk 54. Yes, it's a brisk fall evening. And speaking of brisk and falling, oh, maybe I jinxed her now. Is our senior showgirl in the house?
1: Yeah, yeah, you betcha. I've been here for a long time, waiting for you schleps to start the show with all your stupid passwords and all that. You know what? I, 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 I... this is, a, this is the worst produced show ever. <laughs> no, hey, ma'am. I'm, uh, ready to, I'm ready to do my intro.
2: I, I don't want to hear about technology, ma'am. I hear you still have a web TV.
1: <laughs> Listen, I don't want to hear about
2: it. Well, uh, ma'am, could you get down to the stage for us and introduce yeah. the program for us?
1: Yeah, 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 fine.
2: Okay, here we go, folks.
1: Buttercup is a young princess who's been taken hostage by a motley crew of thugs. Just when it seems her end is near, a strangely familiar face emerges to her rescue. Buttercup and Wesley are reunited behind enemy lines. Will they escape before becoming ensnared in a diabolical plot? Will there be kissing? Put on some traveling clothes, and be sure to pack a sword! It's time for Robin Wright and Carrie Ilwa's in The Princess Bride! Cat boys!
0: What do you get when you take a dash to the silver screen?
2: A pinch of golden oldies, and a smidgen of screaming. It's time for matinee minutia with your host DJ and Toppy. And it looks like we have some folks in the chat room already. We've got hubby Billy. And we have R.T. Cruiser from the land down under. And we've got uh, Mr. Matt of the Chubbs Gone Wild. And we have Tommy. And uh, from the Great White North, Fort Maple. And uh, I do believe I saw earlier the Lady Janet was hanging out. So she may be uh, back and forth as I understand she's... uh, doing some work from home this evening. In the chat room, we also have Rose of Sharon, and uh, I do believe that that's a dear friend from uh, my nerd family in the early days of my teens that's dropped by, so she's possibly listening while her kiddos might be playing a game or two. And in the chat room, Spanking B. Arthur has posted... A uh, rather handsome photo of a young Mr. Cary uh from oh. the film tonight.
1: Oh, I looked up how to pronounce his, word, his last name. Hmm. It's uh, Elwes. 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 Yeah, Elwes. Okay. Uh, it's not Ewles or Eels or anything like that. It's 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 definitely pronounced um, Elwes.
2: Well, now, Toppy, as our senior showgirl mentioned, we are uh, stepping back into the 80s. And we're going to be talking about a fantasy story uh, with some comedy in it. And uh, it has some people at the beginnings of their careers. Yeah, uh, Robin Wright, uh, she's got a long career, but this was her premiere movie. Hmm. Yes, sir. And uh, before we get too much further, I'd like to share with you the trailer from this film in 1987. Here we go.
0: Grandfather's here. Can't you tell me I'm sick? He'll pinch my cheek. I hate that. Maybe he won't.
1: Hey, how was this, Sicky? Huh? I brought you a special present. What is it? It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. It was a time when life didn't seem so complicated. Marriage is what brings us together today. What?
0: What? What? I'm killing myself once we reach the
1: honeymoon suite. When not that be nice? A courtly age. <laughs> Of gentle conversation. I will always come for you. But how can you be sure? This is true love. Oh, no. Is
0: this a kissing book?
1: No. Actually, there was a lot of treachery, error, <coughs> and revenge. Prepare to die.
0: Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line! <laughs>
2: they were affairs of state. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. And affairs of the heart.
0: My Wesley will always come for me.
2: Your Wesley
1: is dead. I've seen worse. Bye-bye, boy! Have fun storming the castle. It's more than turning. What's the difference? We've got him. Think it away. To take a miracle. Goodbye. It's a story of love. A tale of adventure. It's as real as the feelings you feel. i kissing again. Someday you may not mind so much. The Princess Bride. Not just your basic, average, everyday, ordinary,
2: run-of-the-mill, ho-hum fairy tale. So before we take you back and set the stage and tell you a little bit about what was going on in the world when this film was new, just want to take a moment and think what was going on in your world in 1987. Toppy, can you remember what was important to you? Did you see this movie in the theater? I right, I did. I I was at the theater
1: and when I saw it, and I was in love with it. That first feeling,
2: no, no problem at all. Loved it. So, did you see it with friends, or you to go by yourself?
1: I saw it with my ex. No comment. Slash, let's not talk about it. But Well, I, I,
2: I, I once went to a well. I once went to a Disney movie on a date. So. Uh, I guess I could say that uh, I, I've got equal uh, credit on that, but um, not to not to put things into too much perspective. But I was in fourth grade when this came out. Okay.
1: No. <laughs> oh, Jesus, DJ, that hurts me. Oh,
2: hurts. I'm sorry, but uh, we we didn't have um, the the movie channels when I was a kid, um, so I don't think I got to see this when this was brand new. In fact, um, this has been on my list of things to see for quite some time, so thank you for the uh, opportunity to discuss it and view it. But uh, I did not see this until recently, although I'd heard quite about it. So I'm going to go ahead and um, set the stage and tell you what was going on in the world then. Yes, yes. In 1987, when the Princess Bride was new. Okay, so... In the year that I was in fourth grade, American Motors, uh, the uh, company that brought you the Gremlin and the Hornet, those cute little cars that uh, almost didn't have seatbelts, uh, they were acquired by Chrysler in '87. Also in '87, Tammy Faye's uh, soon-to-be ex-husband Jim <laughs> <and> Baker <laughs> resigned from the PTL. Gee, I wonder why. During a visit to Berlin. Oh, oh, Speaking of which, yes, sir. I just heard today that uh, the other guy. Uh. uh oh, the seven hundred club guy.
1: Yeah, that guy just retired today. Oh, thank you, hallelujah!
2: <laughs> That's my and party.
1: Goodbye, Charlie. <laughs> goodbye,
2: fuckface. Bye, bye,
1: bye, bye. We we love this. see now anyway.
2: Um. Well, you know, speaking of the Reagan administration, do you know that when I went to get my flu shot today, the hmm. the 30-something person behind the counter was shocked that there was still a question about lifestyle on the sheet for <laughs> the vaccination and I'm just like, "Well, honey, seriously. We've made progress in some areas, but there are still things from the Reagan administration on the books, okay?" Uh, Yeah, so she was a little surprised about that. But anyway, so uh, during a visit to Berlin in 1987, Ronald Reagan challenged Gorbachev to tear down this wall. Also, televangelist Mm -hmm. Pat Robertson announced his candidacy. There he is again. Yes, for the Republican presidential nomination. Can you believe that, folks? Mm. By the way, I hope, I mean, can you believe Uh,
1: that he could have been president, conceivably.
2: Yeah, um, the Handmaid's Tale might have been made a couple of decades earlier. Ah, So the first National Coming Out Day was celebrated in 87. And lastly, a little snafu. A squirrel closed down the NASDAQ stock exchange when it burrowed through a telephone line. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the uh, the hamster wheel and whatnot. All right, so this is going to be a little different. I'm going to mention some of the celebrities who were just in diapers in 87. And we're going to see if Toppy has ever heard of any of these people. All right, let's
0: do it. <laughs> All right,
2: so we're going to spin the wheel of fortune here. All right, Toppy, I'm sure you've probably heard of this Young gentleman, um, Mr. Zach Efron. I have. Oh, he's a spooky guy. Hmm. Well, Did I get that right? No, no, no. Uh, oh. But, <laughs> uh, think, think more. Um, uh, you know, uh, nearly naked. Um, so he, he's he's famous for his abs, and uh, he was a he was a Disney. Star who got his uh, start with the Mouse House. So we also have a few other folks that entered the world in 87. Mr. Kevin Jonas, speaking of easy on the eyes of the Jonas Brothers. We also have Aaron Carter, who's also a musician. And then a few of the other folks. We have Hilary Duff, who also got her start at the Mouse House. We've got Blake Lively. And up-and-coming female rap artist, Kesha, was all born in 87. Let uh-huh. me just uh, let you know what pe- folks in the chat
1: room are saying. Uh, our friend Janet says uh, she remembers watching uh, the movie The Princess Bride um, at school. Maybe maybe middle school. Hmm. Um, she says it's also a book. I'm not sure if that means she read it it. And it was very closely based on a book. And the author also helped write the screenplay for this movie. So the movie's a pretty good matchup with the book. R.T. Cruiser, um, who we're glad is here. He says this is one of those movies uh, that he thinks you need to see at a certain age. Because he didn't see it until a few years ago. And he thought it was fun, but he doesn't get the hype surrounding this movie. Um, He says the same with The Goonies. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Well, you know, um, Princess Bride, it was a film. We often talk about the other programs that were competing for your attention in the year of this release in the top of the box office in 87. The top three included Mr. Eddie Murphy in the sequel, Beverly Hills Cop 2. And oh, good lord. Wow. <laughs> Boy, that was a long time ago. That brought in 153 million. And uh, a little film. Did he he
1: sing any of the theme song of that movie like he did the first one?
2: Oh, I don't
1: know. It doesn't matter.
2: Uh, And then a a runner up there for number two was a a film that was the early days of Charlie Sheen's career. And it also starred Forrest Whitaker, who, of course, would be famous later on in Forrest Gump and several other films. series is including a version of the twilight zone that he was a host of and that was platoon which was number two also starred sean penn uh former ex uh ex-husband of uh the uh female lead in this film robin wright that brought in 136 million now number what was robert wright ever doing married to sean penn that ain't right um, apparently not taking, uh, notes from Madonna's books, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, number three that year was a film starring Glenn Close and, um... It was one of the uh, the Michaels. I'm trying to remember his name, but Michael Douglas. Yes, Michael Douglas in the 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 it's the original was the, yeah the yeah. original film that uh, you know depicted animal brutality. Uh, fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Okay. And uh, wow. Yes, that was the top of the box office. Now, of course, we love the underdog here, met name <laughs> he <laughs> he We always do it. Yes, we do. Seriously, folks, we don't intend select movies that didn't quite make it <laughs> but
1: it's true hard to believe princess bride didn't make a hell of a lot of money i mean no- it was considered well it was considered a box of his failure but o- over the course of years thanks to vhs sales and uh you know it it just grew i mean it's one of those movies that it's you know pretty much now a cult movie people love it mm. zillions of people have seen it but
2: you Not d- when it first came out. Now, no, uh, no offense to anyone who lives in manufactured homes, but uh, I, had, a, I had I had a period of my childhood where you know the the discussion was if you were trash, and of course some people will elaborate on that and call you trailer trash. But oh, uh, I love me some trash, and so that's why I actually kind of like the movies that weren't the hits because. They'd, they have a uh, a different appeal to them. Now, The Princess Bride actually was not a record failure, like some of our past discussions, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. Uh, and some of those might have been my picks, and maybe some of them had Carrie Fisher and Little People, in them, but hey, okay, whatever floats your boat. Uh, the Princess Bride was number 35 that year and uh, brought in 30 million now to put things into perspective the films that scored better and worse were a film called Can't Buy Me Love and I don't have that information out right now but uh you know give it a, a shot check it out 31 million that was the one that did one better than Princess Bride now the film that scored one lower The Princess Bride, actually starred the actor who was competing with Wallace Shawn for his role in The Princess Bride. That's Danny right. Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal, who was in The Princess Bride, in Throw Mama from the Train. 30 Almond million. Dear. Now, this Where's the beef? Oh, uh this is that that's actually a guilty pleasure of mine because I adore I think her name's Anne Ramsey that played Mama in that film. Yeah. And uh she and somehow
1: I, I think I just made the same mistake I did on a previous episode of Metany e. Minutia. The where's the beef lady in the, those Wendy's <laughs> commercial, not the same, not the same person <laughs> that was in
2: throw mama from the train. <laughs> no, but maybe she auditioned. I mean, you know, there no, could I'm be not, some trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, never mind. I'm I'm insane tonight. Well, that's quite all right. It's it's I'll blame it on the changing weather. Okay. That was what was competing for your attention. Tommy Hitch, for
1: instance. Claire Peller was the actress who was in Where's the Beef?
2: Oh. And also, Lady Janet in the chat room, friend of the show, said that National Coming Out Day is her birthday. And there's some drum about next in there that I won't read out loud. Anyways... So he was a POS. (laughs) Well, I think that 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 precludes the X part. Um, but uh, yeah, (laughs) let's see, we've got some photos being shared in the chat room, and let's see. Oh, yes, torture. Oh, Maddie, you're sharing torture porn. I could I know why too. Mm-hmm. I know why too with this movie. Yes. So Toppy, I know that you know who made this movie. Who was the movie maker, the magicianish we call it here, the Marionette? Uh good old Rob Reiner. We we talked
1: him up um, when we did Stand by Me. And this is the movie he made right after Stand By Me. And he was pretty new. I mean, he'd done uh, that that uh, faux documentary about the band. Oh, this is Spinal Tap? Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then he had just squeaked out Stand By Me, and then <clears throat> he was right here trying to figure out how to do The Princess Bride, because his father, the famous Karl Reiner, who is legendary and just recently, not all that long ago, passed away after 5 million decades in television and movies. Carl Reiner gave his son, Rob Reiner, uh, the book, The Princess Bride, as a gift. And, and that was it. But, but, but it left its mark, uh, apparently. And um, he got to the point where he said, yeah, I'm going to try to make a movie out of this. He found out a lot of other people... <laughs> had been trying to make a movie out of this. A lot of people tried to get the rights. Uh, eventually, the author of the book bought the rights back for himself. And when Rob Reiner caught up with them, he said, "Oh, you're the guy. I'd love for you to be the guy that made my book into a movie. They did it. It was't it, it was it was basically an independent production. Um, That was heavily backed by Norman Lear, uh, who we all know from TV as the creator of legendary TV shows like All in the Family, Mm -hmm. which starred Rob Reiner uh, in the role of Meathead. Anyways, that's how it all happened. Uh, It got backing from Norman Lear and and it happened. Um, So there you go. Rob Reiner uh, um, has gone on to do so many movies of different genres. Can you believe he did Misery, for example? Oh. You can't think of a movie more different from The Princess Bride as Misery. (laughs) And uh, that's what he's done. Uh, He's done comedies. He's done drama um and he seems to just do them all equally well and i got to tell you i think he put just the right shine on this movie
2: every choice he made i think uh was perfect you know one film that rob reiner uh was uh, in charge of making that i i never realized until now is an iconic 80s movie that has a member of the Princess Bride cast, Billy Crystal. I have never seen When Harry Met Sally, Toppy. Oh, well, that's <laughs> worth seeing. That was a good movie. I do enjoy some Meg Ryan. My favorite film with her is a, a movie called um, Kate and Leopold. And it actually stars um, Hugh Jackman as well. So check that yes. out. But uh, When Harry Met Sally was made in 89 by Mr. Rob Reiner. So, well, Toppy, I'm going to go ahead and start us off with talking about the cast. Now, the lead role of Wesley, the farm boy. He was played by uh, England-born English boy, pretty boy, Carrie Elwes. And this was his seventh film. It wasn't his first. It wasn't even his first American film. No, no. That was a film that came out in 1979. Now, if you can believe this... It was a film with Suzanne Somers called Yesterday's Hero. No, <laughs> now, are 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 you uh, are you pretending that you were Cary Elwes' agent when he got that part? <laughs> Maybe I can't think. Of, I mean, surely he he heard that and said, "Oh God, I just need the paycheck." I don't know. I bet you Cary Elwes has a thigh master in his closet. It somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but what else would he play in a movie with Suzanne Somers? He was basically a, an extra, and he was a disco dancer in 79. Now, Elvis would star in nine films during the first five years of his career, and before The Princess Bride, he was in a film called Mashenka. It was a European film, and he played a young Russian immigrant set in 1920s Germany. So it was sort of a period piece. And following The Princess Bride, Elvis would star in four films over the next five years, so he kept busy. Most notably, he was cast in the Mel Brooks film, one of my favorites, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. And that was in 93. Yeah, yeah you can certainly see
1: how he went from The Princess Bride to Men in Tights.
2: Similar costume, even. Ah. Uh, and uh, he continues to act to this day. Now, most recently, he was starring in Mission Impossible 7, which is due to release in the new year. And wow. Yeah. And uh, he had a series of appearances in Amazon original series The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is about a 50s housewife who decides to become a comic.
1: I also know he did a turn on the X Files as, as quite a villainous character. Now, uh, riddle me this, DJ mm-hmm. uh, Gary Ellis, uh, handsome, really, you know, I mean that is a beautiful face he's got. A good actor, nothing wrong with it. Why do you? Th- why has he not risen to uh, uh, perhaps greater heights in movies? Uh, Perhaps it's his own choosing, uh, but it just seems to be with a face like that that he should have been the leading man in many more movies. What 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 the hell's going on there?
2: You know, I have to wonder. I mean, in terms of uh, acting, I know that traditionally with women, at least, it used to be they would say that there are classically three roles that a woman could play. You've got the girlfriend, you've got the wife, and the mother. So I'm thinking in a similar vein, you know, when you reach a certain age, even uh, if you're a man, you maybe don't feel like you're going to be the action hero anymore. Maybe you're going to play... Unless you're
1: Harrison Ford.
2: (laughs) Right. Or Liam Neeson. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they they are uh they're in some sort of a vampire cult to keep themselves youthful. <laughs> you, you think he just aged out of being a leading man? I think possibly. So and you know some people um after being in somewhat comedic roles like men in tights, they, you know, maybe they aren't taken as seriously when they go to auditions. So um you know, I'm not quite sure. Maybe he enjoys the comedy part of that, so it's I don't know. hard to say. But uh, definitely, his uh, you know his his rise to stardom was probably at its height in the early 90s. But uh, yeah, seems like it. so. Before we go on to uh, the midpoint of our show, I'm just going to go ahead and mention the next member of our cast. Now, the uh, the princess Buttercup, which. I would think it would be a more appropriate name for livestock, but hey... um. (laughs) What? What did you just say? I I think I would sooner name a horse Buttercup than my own daughter, but maybe that's... Oh, my Lord. Maybe that's just a nickname, because, I mean, you know, royalty is usually the Lady Sarah of Covington or whatever. Oh, RT Cruiser just said Elvis played
1: a... A good baddie and Twister. I forgot about that. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. He, that... was the, he was the rival crumb in Twister.
2: With Helen Hunt. That was her first uh, film outside of uh, TV, I think.
1: I think. Well, yeah, I think maybe.
2: So uh, Robin Wright, who played the princess, she was a Texas-born lady. She was born in good old Dallas, place where I hung my hat for a year. And uh, during high school, she did fashion modeling in Paris and in Japan. Her first role was in television's NBC, The Yellow Rose. Get this cast, Toppy. In 84, there was a series with Sam Elliott and Sybil Shepherd. Makes me want to look for that, although it, oh, it didn't last very long. Her first film was Hollywood Vice Squad. Now, get this. Uh, (laughs) Talk about USA Up All Night. Uh, In 86, this film had Carrie Fisher and Batman-famed Frank Gorshin. Oh, Lord. Uh, And uh, over the next five years, Robin Wright would appear in four films. And in 94... She'd be cast opposite Tom Hanks as the female lead in Forrest Gump. Jenny. Oh, that's right. I love my Jenny. Mm-hmm. And Wright currently has 61 acting credits. Mostly, she has directed and produced in recent years for Netflix' House of Cards series. All right. Just a word
1: more about how Robin Wright got cast in... Princess Bride, it was very, very late, very late in the process. And a lot of people had auditioned for the role of Buttercup, including Uma Thurman, Meg Ryan, Sean Young, Susie Annis. I don't know who she is, Courtney Cox, Alexander Paul, and believe it or not, Whoopi Goldberg, all auditioned for the role of Buttercup. Hmm. And uh Reiner. And he also uh the author of, of the book, um his last name is Wright, uh, who worked closely with Rob Reiner on the casting. Cause he the, the author of the book really really cared about getting the right person to match his book. And They just weren't happy with all of those people. And believe it or not, a week before filming, uh, they saw uh, 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 Robin Wright. Oh, that's not the author's Anyways, they saw Robin Wright, and her her agent had, had told her to try out for this. And so it was so late in the process that she went right to... Um, uh, to meet Rob Reiner and the author person in, in, at, at, at their place. And she rang the doorbell and Rob Reiner went to the door. And as the story goes, he, he saw Robin Wright standing there in this white summer dress with her long blonde hair. And she had a halo from the sun and she was backlit by the sun. And right then and there... They said, she's it. So that's how she got the part.
2: Hmm. Okay. So we're at about the halfway mark in the program this evening. We're going to step on over here to the snack bar where we'll enjoy some libations and some treats with our senior showgirl, Gertie. And uh, meanwhile, we'll be listening to an interview for the 2012 25th anniversary from The Princess Bride with Entertainment Weekly. Now,
0: the emotional
2: high
1: point of Totally Awesome 80s Week for Josh and probably a lot of you too. When The Princess Bride came out in 1987, critics called it absolute magic. 25 years later, it can still cast a spell thanks to its all-star cast, including Billy Crystal and Robin Wright.
0: Entertainment Weekly brought them together for their special reunion issue. It's on newsstands today, and our weekend anchor Dan Harris joined them all for this conversation. I met uh, President Clinton, and uh, he told me he was a fan. You know, when he said, I know exactly who you are, I thought, oh, God, what's in my FBI file? (laughs) You know, and he goes, no, no, it's not what you think. Uh, Big
2: fan of Princess Bride. Actually, when the movie came out, it wasn't a huge, huge hit. Mm -mm. They couldn't quite figure out how to market it because they didn't really know what they had.
0: Now, decades later, the film's immensely quotable lines still follow the actors everywhere they go. As you wish. How often do people come up to you and recite a line? I think when I die, they'll say on my gravestone, as, as you, wish. you wish. I think every woman wants to hear that.
1: Inconceivable. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means.
0: So people walk up to you unsolicited and say, please say inconceivable.
1: They, they, they do that, but each person thinks that it's an idea of his own. <laughs> <laughs> True love is the greatest thing in the world, except for nice MLT, mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean. The MLT
0: line. My favorite line in the movie (laughs) Is it true that you Ad-libbed that on the set? Yeah, well when people come up to me It's happened just the other day Eating, and he said He whispered in my ear, is it lean? (laughs) At the end of the movie Peter Falk describes your kiss In the following way
1: Since the invention of the kiss There have been five kisses that were rated The most passionate, the most pure This one left them all behind
0: I don't know. How was it, Robin? Who are you? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we did a few takes, didn't we? we did a oh, I, yeah. I asked for take 57. I <laughs> remember. We were just thinking about this. Can they see my heart beating so fast? Because he's so cute. Wesley's so cute. Oh, Little-known trivia fact, Danny DeVito was actually the director Rob Reiner's first choice to play the role of Vizzini, which made the incomparable Wallace Shawn palpably nervous while shooting that he was going to be fired. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line! I remember what you said, Wally, can I tell you? We had done so many takes, it was all on you, and finally Rob goes, let's just take a break, we're just going to take a break, let's just take a breather, step away. <laughs> from the thing, and under your breath, you are like, God, I I hate this
2: acting thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and that was the cast in their 25th anniversary reunion. So, we have a couple more folks that are in uh, the cast that we'll discuss in a moment here, but just wanted to take a moment to point out in our chat room, which we do this show live on the first and third Friday of each month you can drop by at matnameinu.com and click the uh, the little blue mask symbol there Discord that's our chat room. Of course, we also have video on YouTube. So if you're at matnameinu.com, look for the YouTube logo there and perhaps you'll see in my uh, my attempt at Robin Hood that I'm wearing this evening. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, you got to check out uh, DJ's little costume there.
1: Uh, since we're we're running way late, um, un- unless there's a specific cast member you really want to talk about, let's let's just get right into the movie.
2: Okay. Well, um, I was just going to mention uh, the other two main cast members that I was going to uh, discuss was Mandy Patinkin who played, um, Oh, uh, the, the, the swashbuckler there, whose father was killed by yeah. the, uh, uh, I always confuse
1: Mandy Patinkin with Kevin Kline, uh, which is ridiculous, but I do. And I think he, Patinkin was, was great in this, but somebody somewhere early on his career told him that he could sing. And, Mandy Patinkin singing always oh, sounds like this, and he's got this high voice, and for some reason he was on Broadway singing, I don't know how.
2: Anyways, I'm sorry, but he was great in this movie. Well, uh, you know, to see him, you wouldn't realize that uh, he actually was in Yentl with Barbara Streisand in 83. Oh, that's
1: right. He was in Yentl.
2: Yeah, he also got to be in Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty. And my first exposure, honk, to Mr. Patinkin, was in the uh, precursor to the TV series, Alienation, that he starred in with James Caan. That's right, that's right. By the way, Mandy
1: Patinkin on television, uh, he gets into a TV show, and then two seasons in, he goes, "I hate this and quits." <laughs> That's usually his routine. Anyways,
2: no, nah, it's fine. Well, you could you could catch him more recently on the CBS series, The Good Fight, and he was also. They'll be
1: off in two seasons. Anyways,
2: <laughs> he was also in Showtime's Homeland series about Homeland Security. Opposite Claire Janes, who, of course, got her start on MTV in uh, My So-Called Life. And uh, he was a Middle, e- uh, Middle East Division Chief of CIA in that. So he's he's been busy. And, of course, we can't leave our discussion without mentioning the inconceivable Wallace Shawn. Now, yes. this guy, he has... So much work. He has 207 acting credits to his name. More That's recently, amazing. he has been in the CBS series Young Sheldon as the lead character's mentor, Dr. John Sturgis. And a few years ago, he was in a film with Candace Bergen called The Book Club. And uh, he has just been a uh, a bevy of talent. And in the year after... Princess Bride, he was in a film with Keith Carradine, and if you could believe it, Keith Carradine and Jean-Vierre Bujold called The Moderns, and it's about a struggling artist that forges paintings, so he uh, kept working, and there is so much variety in his roles, and I adored him in his guest appearances on The Cosby Show. Okay, <laughs>
1: all right. <laughs> Janet asked me, uh, she's laughing, and she says, Toppy, are you high? No, I'm not, but I do feel <laughs> for some reason, I do feel high. <laughs> oh my god, anyways. Uh, there were so many great casting choices in this movie from Peter Falk at the beginning, who reads the novel, by the way. That's very much how the the novel is interesting construct. Uh, I can't get into it, but the conceit is that the novelist is abridging a much longer story, and it's not true, but he he claims that uh, on the cover of the novel that this is the abridged story of and it's a very long title. It's the Princess Bride colon yada 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 yada. and uh and it also starts well just the same way with with the the grandfather telling the whole story and you know that little kid uh who's his face who went on to do uh, the one years the original series which Um, they've
2: since started remaking actually fred savage yeah for, and boy he's uh this he, he he must have
1: made this right before wonder years or during wonder years because he's right there at that beginning age i mean that is how young he was when he started on the wonder years so must have been right before that uh, but but everything andre the giant uh what a wonderful character and By all accounts, uh, Andre the Giant said he had a great time making this movie, and a lot of it was because his cast members treated him like a real human being and not a freak, uh, because he was he really was a gigantic person, and um, just uh, it's it's all Billy, uh, all the all the all the cast choices were just amazing
2: you know despite um, Andre the giant size and his years of doing wrestling uh, at the point that he started uh, acting and doing the princess bride he was a little worse for wear in fact in the scene where he was supposed to be carrying the princess they, they had to rig that on a system of ropes so that you couldn't tell that he wasn't actually carrying her mm. yeah um.
1: So let's let's just dish the movie here. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it immediately when I saw it. There was something so charming about it in in every respect. Right, uh, right up to the soundtrack. I, I loved the score, that beautiful music. Um, I, I just loved everything about it. And it, it was so sweet. It was so gentle. It had the. It was. Uh, it was magical. That's the word I would use. Uh, now R.J. R.T. Cruiser is going. You guys are. You guys are screwy. But no, that's how I. That's how I. First experienced it, and, and it's just grown on me ever since then. Um, it. I, yeah. I, but now D.J., you caught it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it sound like I'm gushing or like, are you like more like RT? Like what's the big whoop or, you know, what?
2: No, I, I definitely understand the, uh, the affection for this because it's not a hard story to follow. And it has some very charming parts because of course the very beginning, whether or not you're the type of person that enjoys, a romantic story about a land far away, you're going to, you know, uh, be reeled in for that simple element of the grandfather is reading the story to his grandson. So, of course, there's also, you know, the humor there. Oh, is this a kissing story? No, <laughs> sit down and shut up and listen. So, you know, you, you give it a chance because you, you think... This is just another damsel in distress story with some guy that comes to her rescue. And no, there's more to it than that. In fact, there are scenes in this film where there very easily could have been more physical elements. In other words, they, they could have had sword fights or what have you. But it was worked into the story. He was basically brought back from the dead. Spoiler! And... He's, uh, he's, you know, trying to reanimate himself and he's just kind of sitting there taking it. He's being insulted and he's just like, you just wait until I've got full use of my faculties here. So, yeah, that was that was well played and, and quite comedic.
1: Um, as he started, you know, it took him a long time to fully <laughs> engage his body and wonderfully played there. Um... let let me describe to you my, my only beef with the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, It's, it's, you know, there, there was one scene, one thing that happens in the movie and the way it's done that for me was, didn't match the rest of the movie. And I found it highly disturbing. Now, This is the Princess Bride. What could I possibly find highly disturbing in this movie? Well, it was the torture scene Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, when Wesley is having his life sucked out of him. I thought when I first watched it, Jesus, this is, it was horrible. I mean, he was in agony and he portrayed every inch of that agony and the rest of the movie is played so lightly that I just this doesn't match. This this should not be that disturbing. Let's take another point where he's fighting the rats. You know, those rats are are puppets and they're almost comical, but you still feel their danger. They're they're savage beasts that are attacking them. It's an exciting scene. Uh but it's not disturbing. This torture scene was disturbing, don't you think? Or am I just am I just making too much of it?
2: No, I believe you're correct. It is inconsistent with the rest of the film. And I would have to wonder, I, I haven't really gotten to that level of uh, attention for the detail, but I have to wonder if interviews with Rob Reiner, the director of this film, might shine some light on that. Because I'd like to know... Since this is one of his you know, early films, I guess you could say, in the body of his career, would he have made some of the choices that he did in making The Princess Bride? What would you do differently now, kind of a question. Because certainly, the, uh, the torture scene that you're referring to, it doesn't line up with the rest of the movie, because sure, it's part of the reality of the times that they were in, but the rest of this film doesn't take itself that seriously.
1: Well, yeah, exactly.
2: I mean there's a lot of
1: I mean let's take the final showdown with Anigo uh, Monta- Montoya with his arch-nemesis the six-fingered man. There's a lot of st- <laughs> there's a lot of stabbing and bloodshed in that scene. But it's there, but somehow it's—I I can't just—it's not vivid and and horrible like that torture scene. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, it just—I feel like it didn't match. I, I, if I, I would have subdued it somehow, you know, conveyed that it was that he was having the life sucked out of him without without it being so. Vividly horrible. Mm-hmm. So, anyways,
2: you know, I I would have probably inserted more physical comedy there. Where, you know, since the rest of the film was kind of lighthearted, maybe instead of real torture, it would be something like tickle torture. <laughs> okay, you know what? Uh, interesting.
1: I I that might have almost worked. Now let me ask. Uh, I got two favorite scenes that. To me, were slap ass, laugh my ass off, funny, Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: and uh, look, it it doesn't take much for me. I'm a lover of slapstick. I mean, please. All I need is a pie fight, and I'm in hysterics. It's ridiculous. But anyways, for me, the damnedest funny thing from the moment I saw it, the thing that made me laugh out loud in the theater so long, (laughs) it's such a stupid thing. But when Wesley has the disguise of the Black Pirate on, Mm -hmm. and he's rescued his beloved, and she doesn't know he's Wesley, okay? She just knows that this black pirate has rescued her from Andre the Giant and the other guy. And, 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 and it, she's very, like, she's still afraid because her rescuer is this mysterious black pirate. And uh, at one point, when she sees um, the people that <laughs> initially... Uh, Coerced her into marriage Coming to her rescue She pushes Wesley the black pirate Down a ravine A steep hill And he goes head over tea kettle (laughs) Down that hill And as he's going down he says As you wish (laughs) Which is his signature You know that's the thing he said to her All their youth Mm -hmm. and she suddenly realizes oh my god that's wesley so what does she do she she throws herself down the (laughs) ravine ass over tea kettle rolling down the hill after him dj look i maybe i'm a simpleton But that made me laugh non-stop for three minutes when I saw (laughs) it in the theater. It was so absurd. It was so stupid. It was, oh, my God. And uh, the other scene that killed me was Sean Wallace, who, by the way, the ever mischievous crone even says that, uh, she she maybe attributes her uh, appreciation for, for for I mean Sean Wallace I mean Wallace Sean, uh to why she liked the movie because she wasn't sure but anyways when he's doing the whole inconceivable thing and he does the poison and switches the glasses and then goes ha 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 I fooled you I. And then he keels over there, <laughs> Okay, I can't help it. I'm just a simple guy. But those are my two favorite. Well, what do you got for favorite scenes?
2: I I enjoyed the uh, you know the poison cup scene because as you were saying, he did that so well. He made it seem like he had outsmarted, and when the ta- you know, the, the, quite literally, the tables were turned. Of course, I I hadn't seen this before, so I wasn't quite sure. How far his character got into the movie? I was a little sad, though, that he didn't even make it halfway through the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He it's like
1: um, it's like a, a, a classically told tale of a hero. He's he's got to go through these trials. So he 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 gets through the swordsman, then he gets through the giant, and then he gets through the the guy that has like the riddle of the poison cups. So it's kind of structured in that classic fairy tale way.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other, it, p- the other yeah. part that I enjoyed was the, um, the personality that Andre the giant put into his character, because as we were saying, one of the things that he enjoyed about being in this cast was he was just treated as a regular person. Now, uh, this is a fantasy story, so of course, there's supposed to be exaggerated elements, and he's this big, guy, big burly guy. But on the, you know, there's a scene where he's talking about things, and he's being given directions on what he needs to do, you know, to to basically off someone, and he's like, "Well, that wouldn't be very sportsmanlike." <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) He's so appealing in this movie. And and the ending, DJ, after everything was resolved and they're high up in that tower and down there on the ground is Andre the Giant with the the three horses, white horses for them to escape on. And I just love the fact that the princess leaps down and he catches her then the other two guys leap down and he catches them and they ride off into the sunset I love that ending I just love it
2: yes and uh, you know I realize that it's just the time that it's set in and that she's expected to be the damsel in distress but that scene that you described where she throws herself down the hill to go after Wesley (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the most effort she makes in the whole thing, because I don't even see, remember seeing her lift anyone's sword or, or anything.
1: <laughs>
2: ah! Ah, now, let's see here. Oh. Uh, Jana,
1: the, Jana, the, Jana, the Y'all aren't mentioning Wallace Shawn's most famous
2: role, twist Nerds. Yeah. What do, you,
1: what do you suppose she's talking about?
2: Oh, from Star Trek Deep Space uh, Nine. He played... The the head of the Ferengi culture, Grand right. Negus Zek. So he was basically the Pope of a culture that idolizes money, capital, and the master of the deal. That's yes, the Ferengi. That's the the,
1: yeah, the Ferengis were all about money and the deal and yeah, I remember that. I remember that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was he in just that one episode, or did he reprise that? Oh, it was a in, character.
2: It, it was in several. Uh, I want to say that it was at least three times. Hmm. But uh, of I co- didn't know that. Of course, one of the uh, the um, uh, staple characters of Deep Space Nine is the proprietor of the bar, and he was always getting himself into trouble. So, you know, uh, they, they invented this storyline that's basically like the IRS. In his world, they check his books. And so the Grand negus, who's the pope of this money culture, uh, comes to the scene every now and then because we want to know why he's doing so well. He's not very smart. You know, <laughs> how is he turning a profit? Yeah.
1: Oh, by the way, also... A bunch of us here right in this chat room, including Janet, uh, Billy, hmm. you, Tommy, uh, we all saw Wallace Shawn in person when he spoke at Farpoint.
2: Yes, sir We are uh, getting toward the end of our show this evening. So this is a part of our program that we call our snack tray. It's a little bit of what's left over to... Uh, this is where we talk about something else you might enjoy if you like The Princess Bride. And uh, if you haven't caught it yet, at least right now, you can catch it on Disney Plus, like us. So, Toppy, is there anything that comes to mind when you think of The Princess Bride? Is there
1: Um, another- Yeah, something, uh, something along the same line of fantasy and this kind of... Sweetness, and, uh, and that would be Willow. Uh, 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 a George Lucas production, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who who all was in oh, it, his- but it it struck similar chords. So mm-hmm. I'd say if you liked if you liked the Princess Bride, you'd probably like Willow.
2: Oh, I do enjoy Willow and uh The Future Mrs. Xville Kilmer, Joanne Wally. <laughs> so, uh something you might enjoy if you liked The Princess Bride was a film that came out just the year before it. And I do believe that it had uh young Jennifer Connelly in the beginning of her career. And of course, pop icon david bowie i am of course speaking of none other than labyrinth and it's about a spoiled girl who would rather spend time in her room with her toys and her books than to babysit her little brother who she wishes off to the fantasy land of the goblin king When she doesn't have any more nerves to spare. (laughs) Mm. You know, okay. Confession. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I'd never seen Labyrinth (gasps) and just completely coincidentally, or maybe not because I think maybe Disney suggested it to me. Mm -hmm. You know how, how they do that Uh, after I watched the Princess Bride, I think it maybe it suggested uh, the labyrinth, and I did start it. <clears throat> now, you're good, you guys are gonna hate me, but I, I, I couldn't get through the first 10 minutes. I, I, I just, anyways, I,
2: I maybe I wasn't in the mood. I don't know. Toppy, I'll, I'll try again. I'll try again. If you get far enough, you get to see David Bowie in tights
1: <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> and behind the scenes. A um, a young Gates McFadden who would play Dr. Beverly Crusher on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay, she worked for Jim Henson, so she did choreography and she did puppetry behind the scenes for that film. So, nice. So nice. to to give you an idea of the uh, the pop culture following that is Labyrinth, I will reenact a brief lyric from the film. Remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo. Hoodoo. You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe.
1: <laughs> that was in that movie. Yes. You, you know that, that 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 that's from uh, that's that's a copy of, of something that was famous from another movie like 40 years earlier.
2: Oh, most the good ho- things hoodoo, are.
1: Yeah. The hoodoo, voodoo. Mm-hmm. Hoodoo, you do. I don't remember (laughs) what movie that was in, but it was an old black and white movie. Interesting. Did not know that.
2: Oh, so we are at the end of our program, and uh, we are a celebrated venue of many a splendid thing, including we were once a place of vaudeville and magic acts. Will you go ahead, Toppy, and grab me that bag of coins? Well, here you go. It's heavy. Nope. Open that capsule. All righty. Ooh, this one's an early 2000s horror musical science fiction. Uh Uh-oh. A worldwide epidemic encourages a biotech company to launch an organ financing program similar in nature to a standard car loan. The repossession clause is a killer, however. This was directed by the man who brought you Saw Two. Has appearances by Paris Hilton and Sarah Brightman. Next time, Repo, the genetic opera with returning guest, Demanda Martini. Amazing. righty, Toppy, let us know who is in our chat room this evening. Well, very, very happy
1: uh, to welcome and, and say thanks to the ever mysterious Cronehaven, to Janet from Another Planet, as I like to call, affectionately call her, uh, RT Cruiser, all the way from Australia joining us. Thank you, RT. Uh, we had Tommy Brown's in here. He's probably still listening, <clears throat> but I don't see him in the chat room anymore. Thanks, Tommy, and uh, thanks uh, your hubby Billy Starsage, just hanging in there all this time. So thank you to everyone. I think I got uh,
2: Rose
1: Ojendin.
2: Oh, it's supposed to be Rose Share and uh friend. From oh, Rose Share my nerd family back in my teens. All right, thank you, Rosa Sharon. Uh, that's a beautiful tree and beautiful flowers. Uh, all right, thank you. All right, and if you will, sir, say t- send us out in the way of the old radio shows. Say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia.
1: Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month.
2: Go to Univazpods.net. Click the tower for streaming audio. Enter Discord for our chat room.
1: You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts.
2: Find us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Or visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com.
1: Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing?
2: Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. This has been an Ollie Bug production. I have a voice.
1: I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice.
2: We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and take us off the stream here.